Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Joining me today for Song of the Soul is Joe Fahey. Joe has two CDs out as part of a band named Carp 18, and he has one solo album of his own. He's Catholic-raised and has found a niche helping the teens of St. Joan of Arc Catholic Church in Minneapolis with their youth band. He performs regularly in the Twin Cities area. Joe, thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thanks for having me. You're a musician. You've been a musician for a number of years. When did you pick up your first instrument and play? Well, I, I played piano, you know, in grade school, but not for very long. And then I got more into it around seventh grade. I uh, took a guitar class at, that they just started offering at my junior high school. I pretty much got hooked after that. Was your family moderately musical, at least? Yeah, there was music in the house. My mom played the piano really well, and she was really good. And my dad played the baritone horn, which he'd played since the age of, like, five. And even though it wasn't a solo instrument, nobody had told him that. So he played that around the house a lot. So there was a lot of music in the house. Where did you grow up? Where were you doing this music? I was born in Minneapolis. I moved to New York, then back to Minneapolis, then to Boulder, Colorado, then to Auburn, Alabama, Marengo, Illinois, and then back to Minneapolis. And you've kept up your guitar playing all these decades since. You go out and play at the, in the Twin Cities area a lot, don't you? Yeah, well, we're starting to play again. And I started playing in bands at the age of about 18. I didn't really 
even though I played guitar young, I didn't really learn it that well. And around 18, I started playing bass guitar in bands because there's always room for a bass player. And I really, I just loved it, even though my primary thing was, was art. You know, I was a visual artist, so that's what I was going to school for. But being in a band was just a lot of fun. What kind of family culture did you grow up in, religiously, politically? You, you said you grew up in the 60s, so what was your family culture like? Well, I guess they call it Irish Catholic, and <laughs> six kids. A good childhood, you know. But the Catholic Church was a big part of growing up. I did go to Catholic school in first grade, which was enough to uh, cause some permanent holiness. That's just the way we grew up. We went to church every week, and my parents were from that world. But they were also interested in being a little progressive. At least my dad, you know, who wore his Berrigan Brothers t-shirt a lot, you know, was interested in those guys, you know, who were anti-Vietnam and that kind of thing for peace. And I, living in Boulder in the 60s, even as a kid, you just knew there was something going on, you know, in the world. Bit of a hippie town at the time. It was just a, it was a great spirit with all that. And then the move to Alabama was a, a little bit of a culture shock because it was quite quite a bit different than I was used to. I'd like to dive into your music. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to mention for our audience that in addition to the CD that you've just completed on your own, you've done two other CDs that you've got out there with a group called Carp 18, yep. which I guess was maybe the 18th group you were part of. <laughs> I think it was, if I look at the math on that. That was a band that I formed. We were a splinter group off another band called The Tangents. And uh, I thought, okay, this is going to be my last band. You know, I was around 30, and there was a first kid on the way, and I was going to, like, quit doing that rock and roll stuff. But, you know, all of a sudden, after all those years of playing music with people, I was with my friends uh, Dave Helgerson and Paul Schmidt, and we just, you know, there's just sometimes people just really blend well together. And it was just a completely different experience with that band. So this first song that you selected, which is called The Best of Nothing, mm-hmm. is this one that you wrote uh, early on with the group, or where does it fit into your yeah. adult mental needs? <laughs> it was written pretty early after we got the group going, just decided, hey, let's just write our own stuff and see what we can do with it. And even though I'd written some songs, I felt like this was the first, I don't know, serious song I'd written, where I just was writing more about real life and that kind of thing. We're all like post-college in the working world for a few years and I was just starting to learn the difference between, you know, doing work for money and <laughs> and then at night doing some kind of art, you know, which had always been painting and so forth, but now music was a much bigger part of it. The title of the song is The Best of Nothing, which um, I believe meant uh, calling art and music and so forth nothing because it, like in the business world, there's just not as much of a place for that. And I think it's somewhat of a spiritual... When looking back, it's a, like a spiritual thing, which is how art hits, hits me. I'm ready to listen to some gold. All how right. about The Best of Nothing? Right. It's by my guest for today's Song of the Soul, Joe Fahey. And it's with his group, Carp 18.
was The Best of Nothing by Joe Fahey, my guest for today's Song of the Soul. I'm Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. Joe's with us. He drove over from the Twin Cities to Mm -hmm. share some of his music and his spiritual journey. I definitely understand in that song how you refer, Joe, to the art, the the stuff that's not substantial Mm -hmm. by the business world measure as the best. Uh, what most people think is nothing but it's the best. How about parenting? Where does that rank next to art and other income producing and all that stuff? I myself have found that to be part of the big gold in my life. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that's what we've tried to work out, you know, is to focus on family. Because I'm not sure how to say this, but I, I just never even thought about growing up and having kids or, you know, doing any of that. I'm just going to be a painter living in a cold water flat somewhere. <laughs> that's all I really thought about. And, you know, it's just like, next thing you know, you have kids and all of a sudden you're like, boy, was I wrong, you know, this is like, it's huge. And what happened is uh, my first son, Ryan, was born just about a month after Carpe 18 was formed, and uh, I thought maybe it would be the end of music, because, you know, with the baby and everything, but uh, the other guys, Dave in the band, he had two girls, actually one girl at that point, but now he's got three, but we were like a family band, I mean, we worked around our family schedules, and we prioritized our lives around it, as family life first, you know, then the band, and don't tell my boss, but then work third. (laughs) The first song that you did was from an album called Russian Racehorse. Mm -hmm. The next one that you've got to share with us is from an album called Bug Rump. On the cover of the CD, you've got Carp 18, Bug Rump, and my dilemma when I first looked at it was, which one is the title of of the album and which one is the name of the group mm-hmm. uh, as far as I know you could be the bug room right where's Carp 18 come from that was a Dave Helgerson name that again prior to coming up with the million uh, album titles all the time we used to come up with a lot of band names then one night at practice Dave had uh, seen the movie Dead Poet Society where they used the Latin term Carpe Diem which means seize the day and he was joking about it because when he heard it, he hadn't heard it before, and he thought they said Carp 18. And I don't remember the exact moment of deciding it, that being the band name, but it must have been sometime that night. <laughs> and of course, uh, it goes a little, we got a little more mileage out of the name because we loved the concept of a carp. It provided many visual things for our logos, and, and just in general, a carp is. Uh, you know, the bottom feeder fish. And we were into the self-deprecation thing, you know, being in a rock band in Minneapolis, and there's, we felt like we were on the lower end when we started out, and we worked our way up to the higher lower end, you know, after 10 or 15 years. So we like we liked the vibe that went with it as well. Well, tell me about the next song. It's called Weeping Willow. Yeah, that song was written for my kids, my boys, Ryan and Sean. Sean's here with me today. He's 13 now, and he helped me navigate here to Eau Claire. A lot of the songs I write are kind of composites of different thoughts or memories or whatnot. And the Weeping Willow, one day I was, we are getting ready to head out for school and work, and the kids were tucking their pajamas under the pillow or something, and it just kind of made me laugh because I thought, well, I don't remember sitting down. Okay, kids, now you put your pajamas under the pillow. Not like, you know, we're going to send them out and get them martinized or anything but it it just seemed like what else have we what else do you teach your kids you know just by practice or habit and whatnot and 
And then the music happened separately. I was, uh, at the time, I uh, smoked cigarettes, which I'm thrilled that I, I don't anymore. So my little songwriting office was out in the garage, you know, next to the toolbox and an ashtray. And I came up with the music, and I just kind of pieced it together along with the memory of my childhood of when I was about eight years old or so. And we lived in Boulder, Colorado, and we had this huge weeping willow tree in our front yard. And we were out there, and my younger sister Paula, you know, all of a sudden this caterpillar falls out of this weeping willow, and, you know, it was this really scary-looking caterpillar. It was big and kind of glow-in-the-dark green, and it was attached to her shoulder, and we were all freaking out, you know, because it was quite, quite frightening, and we were like, <laughs> a big deal. And I, when I wrote this song, I, I mean, all of a sudden the music and these experiences and these lyrics just kind of boom. I remember getting very emotional, you know, like I, I actually started crying about it, and I just kind of associated this weeping with crying and this weeping willow and but i i wanted to write a song for my kids and i had been wanting to do that for a while and i was trying to think well what kind of advice can i give my kids i think what i wanted to uh, communicate not i think i know i wanted to communicate the idea of staying young keep something about youth with you as long as you can and then it gets into this other thing about <laughs> caterpillars where they grow up to be butterflies of course they fly away just take your time growing up you know and don't try to fly off too early and again the point is to go ahead and grow up but make sure and keep some of that magic in your life
the second song for my guest for today's Song of the Soul, Joe Fahey. And it's from an album that he did as part of a group he was with for over 10 years, Carp 18. Let's jump right into number three right away, which is called Find Me a River. And of course, you know, coming from Minnesota, bodies of water are easy mm-hmm. to find. I don't think it's the same setup, I mean, for yeah. instance, maybe down in Alabama or wherever, I don't know. Find Me a River, what's that about? That's a song that changed, too. When I began this song, I was thinking of this concept of, um, well, the first line is, if I could just get out of this debtor's prison. One thing about rivers that I, I've just been always fascinated with them is that's where civilizations begin, for good reason, you know, water. and Also, the idea of the current, you know, and, and gravity, which you can't see when you're standing at a river, but that's apparently how they work, you know. It's done with mirrors and gravity. But they're kind of magical. There's a river is like this sort of life. The idea was like, if you are going to take a chance and do something new with your life, if you were to go up a river, you know, I mean, you could always survive. You know, if you go, you can go as far as you want, and if things don't work out, you can uh, just hop on a raft and go back to where you came from. You know, because it'll take you back. Do I capture a little bit of a sense in the song of, again, it's not the material things that are so valuable that in fact they imprison you you, you yeah. get into debt you you buy into the system is this song in part about making the audacious choice to not be in that prison of finances and possessions that our world has yeah there is some of that in there because it's sometimes you might leave something behind something that you felt was necessary for survival you know and uh, it's not necessarily true you know you can leave leave those comforts behind if you want to take a chance, that is. I mean, people might want to stay where they're at, you know, and they're happy there. Well, I'm happy to go with you on a, a floating trip down this river. The song is Find Me a River, and it's by my guest for today's song of the soul, Joe Fahey.
escape route to the ocean, to the place I was before. was Find Me a River, and it's from Carpe 18's second album, which is known as Bug Rump. Joe, you mentioned early on that you were raised Catholic, mm-hmm. and you didn't say where that went. I mean, mm-hmm. the 60s was a time of mass disaffection, and a lot of people just went off different ways. What happened with you religiously? Well, I thought I got smart, you know, <laughs> as a teenager. 13, 14 years old, and I just hit this point where we went to church every week, and the community was good, you know, I mean, it was a good experience, but I just thought, what am I, what are they talking about? And it was a, it was a pretty big deal. I told my mom I didn't believe in God, I and mean, she's just, it broke her heart, I'm sure, you know, it's a bad thing <laughs> to say, but I thought I had it figured out at the time, and so I kind of bailed out, you know, and as I got older and I went to college and took world history, European history, and I just was able to understand what the, the Catholic Church more like what it was and you know I realized this is more of a political institution and I got even further from it but in the meantime when we had moved back to Minneapolis in 1976 my parents had found this church called St. Joan of Arc in Minneapolis which is a progressive church a peace church I went there you know for Christmas and mass and so forth I'd still do that and then I was very interested in the church because they would have speakers guest speakers and over the years, I really enjoy that part of it, and I enjoy the community there. Even though I didn't necessarily feel like I wanted to go to church a lot, I did always enjoy my experience there. And I, But when we had children, we thought, well, we better see if we can get some church in us, you know, raise the kids, they can make their own decisions, you know, later or whatnot, try to be open to that. But we went there. I enjoy it. I get a lot out of it. From one point of view, at least, you kind of completed a circle. You start out Catholic, you go out to the nether regions of atheism and Mm -hmm. you know it all and you've come back to this sense of community and catholic church right 
this return to childhood institutions, connections, simplicity is part of your next song, Are You Here to Dance? Tell me more about that song. Yeah, just I was going to record it, and I had lyrics, and I would, just wasn't happy with them. I was going to the studio, and when I did this album, Tote Bag, I uh, had written a lot of first verses, but not finished lyrically the songs, and I, so I'd write them like, in the middle of the night, the night before I went in. And that was the case with that song. I, you know, it's just three in the morning, and I, all of a sudden, it, boom, it hits me, and I write this song about. It, there was a Beatle vibe to it, so I always knew there was going to be like this concept that you hear to dance, which means not being nostalgic, but try to try to keep the spirit alive of how you felt when you were a kid, and that growing up with seeing the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and so forth was kind of jogged me into these lyrics about that experience what a big deal it was to watch the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show with my family. My dad was, like I said, he was into stereos, and we'd, we'd listen to this music and we'd dance around, you know, just like, because you, when you're a kid you don't really have these hang-ups. <laughs> you, know, you know, as you grow up, decades go on and you do develop some hang-ups and you, you know, some relationships can sour or become strained. Or It was just that idea of getting back to with this concept of being open and ready to enjoy life again. That's a place I'm willing to go, and I'm willing to go there by playing the song right now. It's Are You Here to Dance? And it's from Joe Fahey's solo album called Tote Bag. We used to live up in the Hudson Valley by the Catskills in the Poconos Back then, life was so simple It usually is when you're four years old We were peppermint twisters My brother and my sister's body You can stereo Even chicken pox and stop us from Dancing in that amber glow On Sunday nights, we had those spinning plates Little Topo GGO My cousins were up from Long Island We watched the biggest of the really big shows Max dance said the goddamn Beatles Run this country, we can pin that one on France Just one question Are you here to dance?
that was Are You Here to Dance? And yes, it did make me feel like I should get up and jump on <laughs> the beds or the couches or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's certainly a part of my childhood that I adored. Yeah, it's fun. Let's keep on going right away to Any Given Tuesday. So do you have some special affection for Tuesday? Everybody else likes Friday. <laughs> yeah, I think I've written a few days of the week in my songs over the years, but Tuesday means a, a few things this time. Now we're getting into 9-11 territory here a little bit, and also, well, this song was post-band. My band had broken up. I thought I was done with music for life. You know, I was feeling old and just, well, maybe I should quit doing this music thing, you know? I saw this video of the Rolling Stones on TV, you know, and they are like, you know, and they're well into their 60s or whatever they were at the time, and uh, I thought, well, maybe, uh, you know, just as an experiment, maybe, you know, I should start writing songs about life at an older age. You know, whether or not people would get into it or not. I mean, I, I love the Stones, and I love the fact that they're just still doing it and everything. But my life at that time was going to a lot of, like, soccer games and stuff with the kids and just other, you know, sporting events. And here we are out on a soccer field, like, on a Tuesday night, and there's an expression in the NFL called Any Given Sunday, and I really don't know what it means except that I guess anything can happen on any given Sunday. Like, there's no predicting the outcome. And it just kind of popped into my head as kind of a funny thing, you know, like here it is Tuesday night. And one of the parents, and this happened a lot, got very passionate about the game, <laughs> the referee's call. He was uh, escorted off the field, you know, because I like to use the word passionate, you know. <laughs> you know, so it kind of hit me, oh, here's this vicarious kind of thing, like you got your kids out playing soccer and you're just so into it that you're getting kind of... I don't know, the song kind of wrote itself. It was about this concept, you know, trying to get into this person's head of just being so into this, you know, this soccer thing. And getting back to your initial question about Tuesday, the 9-11 attack happened on a Tuesday, and I just, for some reason, I was just haunting the day. The Coliseum's empty, the Lions beat the Christians 8-3. to I'm out on my three-season porch staring face to wicked face with season three. My confidence is shattered, yeah, my nerves are shocked. Got titanium for knees. Like some test-ironic Miss Havisham, I'm forced to live my life vicariously. Think that I'm aimless That I should be doing something Better with my time Well they just don't understand The rush On any given Tuesday Any given Tuesday Water tower stands just like a beacon against that blue suburban sky. And those soccer moms look so rubenesque with their cell phones and their folding chairs and thighs. But we got a game plan, yeah, yeah, and we're gonna, we're gonna squeak by. 
And those terrorists will never understand how that Kentucky bluegrass can make you feel so high. Well, some people say that I'm just over the hill, that I should organize my tools or just take a chill pill. They just don't understand the simple thrill On any given Tuesday Any given Tuesday So I watch those Xerox copies out The big green making all our dreams come true I think about America and how I love her too. Cause we got a plan, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're gonna come through. And victory is in our blood, and we'll spill it all. Freedom, luxury, and truth. Say that I'm over the hill That I should take up rock tumbling Or just take that chill pill But they just don't understand Simple thrill On any given Tuesday Any given Tuesday Any given Tuesday Given Tuesday That was Any Given Tuesday, and it's by Joe Fahey and his first solo album. He's my guest for today's Song of the Soul. He does music over in the cities. I guess you'd say that that is his night job because he has a day job too. Certainly the graphic arts call to him and seeing the world from a different point of view. The next couple tracks you've got are all from Tote Bag. When did you put out this CD? Well, I released this CD last October. On Oh, by the way, Tuesdays are album release days officially, universally. And so I, I released it last Halloween, plus Bug Rump, which is, was started on the last day of the last millennium, I guess, uh, December 29th, 30th of 1999. It was a double issue, I guess. <laughs> we got the band put back together and decided to give it a shot. And so we released both CDs last uh, October and had a CD release party at the 400 Bar. As I mentioned, Any Given Tuesday was from that CD, or mm-hmm. is from your tote bag collection. Early Bird is also from tote bag. What's the subject? Well, that subject's pretty heavy. I, uh, my friend Randy Justison, who I'd been in my first band with at 18, and many bands after that, had told me that he had cancer, and he'd been like keeping it a secret for a couple of years. He was a guy that never wanted to get too serious. He enjoyed life. He was fun to be around. And it just really hit me hard. You know, he's a couple years younger than me, and he had 
thyroid cancer, and I wasn't sure what that exactly meant. It's hard to ask somebody, like, how long do you have, or what, what is it? You know, it just it was uncomfortable. I wrote this song, and it just hit me, and I wrote about him. I wrote, I call it the early bird, meaning he's leaving us early, or could be leaving us early. I just didn't know at the time, and and also it fits in because Randy was one of these, the early bird gets the worm kind of people that got up very early <laughs> and he loved to attack the day he liked to go out and achieve and and he loved life and he, he uh, made the most of it every day anyway I wrote the song and I just I was uncomfortable telling him that I had done that it was the first one I recorded for Tote Bag because it was the most important one to make my cousin Tom Murphy who played the mandolin on Find Me a River he suggested to me that I tell Randy about it that it's that it's my gift to him and so I thought about it for a while, and I called him, and I told him about it, and he was pretty quiet, you know, because it was, uh, I think it was kind of awkward, you know. But eventually, I, I would get calls all the time, and he'd talk about it to me, that how much it meant to him. It's both the difficult and wonderful song to listen to, to me. It's Early Bird, and it's by Joe Fahey. Sky with those peripheral eyes and a conversation or two. Orange and pink are the colors that you see when you fly while the rest of us settle for blue. Early bird, don't you fly away. There's so many people who want you to stay. Early bird, don't you fly so soon. You've got so much to do here and there's plenty of room. Don't you fly so soon. There's a spot you like best And I'll try and carry it on As long as there's air I'll always be there That's where you and I will get along Early bird, don't you fly away There's so many people who want you to stay Early bird, don't you fly so soon You got so much to do here There's plenty of room Don't you fly so soon When you think you have enough to see Make another round Cause you know you're not coming back to me Coming back to me I can already feel effect on the wheel, I can sense that you're gone. As long as there's air, you'll always be there. That's where you and I will get along. Early bird, don't you fly away. There's so many people who want you to stay. Early bird, don't you fly so soon. We got so much to do here. There's plenty of room. Don't you fly so soon. So soon Don't you fly so soon Don't you fly so soon 
Thanks for sharing that song, Joe. Do you have thoughts about what happens after someone dies? All the time, yeah, I do. Sometimes I write lyrics. I don't remember writing them. They just pop out of my head. And, and there's some line in there, but as long as there's air, you'll always be there. This idea of of this person this, that's full of this source of energy being gone, it's like, where does that energy go? You know, Well, it goes somewhere, right? I mean, and that's the spirit. You know, it goes... It stays with people, other people, forever. I think you told me when I talked to you the other day that, in fact, you are not only go to the Catholic Church sometime, but you've got your own little role with respect to the Catholic Church. Yeah, I work with the youth band there. It's a huge church. People come from all over the metro area and beyond. They have a lot of youth programs because it's like, you know, the kids don't live in the same neighborhoods or whatever, and they just a way to connect. And they had been running a uh, rock band there, you know, for kids to join, and somebody asked me to uh, help out because they knew I'd been in bands, and I thought, well... I'll give it a shot, you know. I really wasn't sure what would happen, but that was four years ago. And We were talking about what happens after you die, and I know this next song doesn't particularly have to do with dying, but with a name like Final Destination, <laughs> I couldn't help but make the association. Funny you mention that, because I think it does have to do with dying. <laughs> okay, this is a, a little dark, but I it was... It, I'm going to bring up 9-11 again, but when you're traveling and it's, you know, you hear the announcements, your final destination, you know, you hear that a lot in airports or whatnot, and I couldn't help but think about all those people on, on those planes and their final destination, which is dark, it was death, and it was unexpected for everybody. And my songs are never just strictly about one thing, they just start developing, and it became thinking about everything, the 9-11 and the, the deception of the government after that, and the invasion of Iraq, and, you know, just all that stuff. And it was about, yeah, we're all going to die, but it's sort of a call to action of, let's do something about it. When the U.S. was preparing to invade Iraq, I just got this knot in my stomach over it, and I'd always been pro-peace and everything, but for some reason I just felt we got to do something here you know our government is making a mistake although I think they knew what they were doing of course so I went I hopped on a bus to DC you know January before they invaded the whole experience it was a road trip and a journey a lot of time to think you know and on the way home I uh, so much hit me but I, I was thinking to myself well what about peace within yourself first you know i mean how can you have peace like in this spot on the other side of the globe until you figure out your own situation and conflicts that you've had with people over the years or unresolved things and i i really i did make a decision to try to, to try to work on it Stand back, wait to the scouting, 
are swimming through the murky way. If you stand vacant, final, you're gonna be discounted. Like spark, wrong flow. Rank the other head, float strong. Sparkle like a waterfall. Back final destination. Stand vacant, final. You're gonna be discounted. That was Final Destination, Part 45. Let's head to the last song that you chose for your song of the soul, Joe. It's called Electric Coffee. Mm-hmm. All right, number one, are you a coffee drinker? I am huge. I love coffee. What's this one about? Electric Coffee is actually a um, radio show, was a radio show in the 1980s on uh, KFAI, which is a community radio in Minneapolis, which I listened to all the time back then. And there's a show called Electric Coffee, and it was... It was during the um, Reagan years, you know, which I can't say I was a big fan of it at all. And I, what was happening at the time was I was discovering music coming from somewhere in America, from the underground, all these people, like, just voicing their opinion, you know, about things, you know, some these bands that nobody's ever heard of singing about their lives or politics or whatnot. And it was all of a sudden music really changed for me. And I, I was a big fan of the show. And it, they were just a nice vibe I, it was like velvet underground influence band on that particular show but i guess my mind went back there during this frustration with the bush administration really you know just like when i realized that we would just been like screwed you know and uh and i thought back to those days of that other reagan administration when there's all kinds of stuff going on that i didn't agree with and it just went back to that and i'm going to mention 9-11 one last time i guess but this song is sort of dripping with that. It was at a time, I guess a low point in my adult life. I was depressed, actually. Been laid off from work. I was having trouble with certain friends and family members and so forth. I don't know, I just wasn't feeling real good. And this 9-11 just hit at the most peculiar time. And I went down to my basement. It was shortly after this happened. And I, uh, I played my acoustic guitar and just played the song. And these lyrics came out of nowhere. I just played my electric guitar along with it. And there was something haunting about this song, you know. It felt like I was, for the first time in my life, I had really expressed how I felt through my instrument, you know. And when I was, like, young, I always heard that as you get better on an instrument, it's almost like talking or something, you know. If you get good at it, it's expressing yourself through it. Electric Coffee was influenced by what I felt at the time.
yourself run free Now you're gone, you're not coming back You're nowhere to be seen But I can hear you in the distance You're somewhere in between Electric coffee in Joe, there's a name you mentioned in there, Helen, and that's not someone I know. Who's Helen? Well, the original Helen of the song was the host of the Electric Coffee Show, whose name was Helen Highwater. Well, you've given us a wealth of music to listen to. I'm imagining some of our listeners are going to want to track it down. How do they get a hold of your CDs? Well, we have a website, carp18.com, which connects you to our MySpace pages. I have MySpace slash JoeFahyMusic.com and MySpace slash Carp18.com. 
it's just really wonderful that you came and shared your Song of the Soul Thanks, and man. that you brought your son, too, to be part of this. Yeah, I'm glad he came along. I appreciate you inviting me in. It's just been really great. I Thank you very much. Thanks again, Joe. You've been listening to a Song of the Soul interview with Joe Fahey, a performer from the Twin Cities. He also performs with a group called Carp 18. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy.